0: God's little whiles can seem way too long, and we can lose hope, and then we can fall into temptation, and it can get very close. What we need to know is in the waiting times, God knows where we are, and he loves us in those times, and he longs to give us in those little whiles a tender care, rev- revelational, relational, intimate truth to help us as we wait. I believe this whole morning's message is crafted especially for you who are in the little wiles. Last week we started Psalm 37 to repeat that. It it, it goes like this. We talked about this last week. Do not fret because of evildoers and be not envious toward wrongdoers for they will wither quickly like the grass. Quickly? God has a different definition of quickly too. Um, And fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord And do good, dwell in the land, and cultivate faithfulness. But there's more in this psalm, and we're going to look at it today. There are some other truths that stand out to me, and we need them. It's because it's about God's waiting rooms and the tensions that can overwhelm us when we're in them his little wiles. Man, I can it can get very frustrating when in in the little wiles when I or if you and we do, when we lose sight of his way and his perspective in the little wiles. We 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 can get very off course. And Psalm 37 is a guide for us uh so that we can have a settled peace and an expectation with passion, based on an action plan that God yields to us in Psalm 37. So, would you join me in prayer one more time as we go into this? This is so important, so important. You know, there are moments in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the walk of Pentecostal Christianity that it's, it's it's an instant moment of change, instant fix. But a lot of times we can condition ourselves to think that God's always going to fix it on a weekend. God's always going to fix us in a moment. And when it doesn't happen, and we're in a long process, a slow cooker, we can think God isn't there. But you know how many of you know that sometimes when that meat's been in the slow cooker, when you taste it, oh yeah. Lord, we come before you. The great God and King. You're Lord over the nations. You're Lord over the rulers of the nations who think they rule themselves. Lord, you rule over the church. You're Lord over us, and we love you. And we come here today to listen for your voice. We bring our heart along with our head. Our heart is yours, and we ask you to feed your sheep because you are our shepherd, and you're the great shepherd of the sheep. And we ask for you to now to take us into your word, take us into your heart, and we pray, wonderful Holy Spirit, that you'd take our heart and fill it with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 37 goes on to say, follow with me, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. One of the most misunderstood parts of the Bible right there. We're going to talk about that. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. What will he do? He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes, those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Just a review last week, if you missed last week, we talked about taking negative to the dumping grounds. We, right? Remember, we talked about taking these toxic, negative feelings, negative attitudes, watching people seem to prosper when they've walked an evil walk, and we take negative to the dumping grounds. Do we have that slide, guys? Possibly? Prepping part one, relational revelations. Do we have that? There we go. Awesomeness. Awesomeness. Take negative to the dumping ground. Second, trust your heart to the Lord. When we get in these moments of frustration and fret, our head can take over. But we need to trust our heart. And I talked about not only taking the dumpster of the negativity outside of our life, outside and flipping it. Remember that? But then we talked about throwing our heart toward the Lord. Just throwing our heart toward the Lord. Throwing our heart all in in trust. And then we talked about positioning ourselves in the land, which is His presence. Being positioned in His presence and in His promises. But that's where it can get tough because we get a presence, we get a promise, and we think the promise means now. And God says, In a little while. How far? How far are we? How much farther to, get to Disney? 17 hours. I can't do that. I can't do 17 hours. Cultivate his faithfulness and be faithful. Okay? So what are the attitudes that we have as we walk toward that? What are the attitudes and the actions? Well, that's what we're looking at today. The attitudes and the actions. The first attitude is this. Delight in the Lord. Delight what? Yourself. Delight yourself. Not somebody else, you. Take yourself yourself delight in the Lord. What are you doing? You're waiting. Again, it's like, hey, I know we're in north. I know we're in the southern part of Virginia. And I know we're not there. But remember where we're going. Guess where we're going all week. Brooke, do you remember some of the cruises and some of the stuff? When Brooke was younger, I, we'd be excited. We'd always go on this. I and say, let's hit every pool at the resort. Not just the one. Let's go to all seven. Right. And it was weeks away, weeks away. Delight yourself in what's going to happen. How do you do it with God? How do you delight yourself in the Lord? Here's for me. I had to focus the eyes of my heart on him. Delighting in the Lord means I focus on his greatness. I focus on his greatness. How great in your eyes is your great God? How great? We sing about it. But what do we really believe about it? How great in the eyes of your heart is the great God? Deuteronomy, I've been reading it all week. He keeps saying, remember and don't forget. Remember and don't forget. Remember, remember what? Remember his goodness. Put yourself in, delight in the Lord. Remember his goodness. Remember his graciousness. Has God been gracious to you? I mean, how gracious has He been? How gracious is God to you? Has God done anything for you or me? Huh? Do you know it? Do you remember it? Have you forgotten it? I don't want to forget it. How about delighting in the Lord, when you're in the waiting, when you're in the little whiles? Delight, a knock, a knock is the word. It means to be happy about it. Has anyone ever asked you to notify your face? Me, huh? You know, the Bible says that the, that the people of God's countenance testifies against them. Have you ever looked around when you're at the waiting for the light to turn green and you just kind of look at the people? Have you ever noticed the people, how so many of us at most times are just staring off somewhere into space? What are we thinking about? What are we thinking about all day long, Right? Right. You just look around, and then, look at, then I think, look, they look pretty miserable. Then I look at myself, so do you. you know, del- Delight, it means to be happy, Anak. It means to take exquisite levels of delight, to make merry over something. You know, I have a prayer rug in my apartment, but it's also becoming a dancing rug. You'll never see it. You'll, you might see the rug, but you won't see me dance on it but there are times that I have when I've felt the lowest in faith, just danced in spite of it. Delight yourself in the Lord. Um, How about this? Just delighting in his being, in his wisdom. I mean, we are related to in the spirit The wise of the wise, Uh, I mean, uh, the God of the universe is my father, your father. Delight in his wisdom that you're not in it alone, that I'm not in it alone, that what I don't understand, he not only understands, he's over it. He's over it. He rules over the kings of the earth who think they are the ruler. Delight in his wisdom. Delight in his creativity. His creativity. When you're out of ideas, he's got a million. When I don't know what to do, he knows exactly what to do. And the best way to do it, not only does God lead us in ways, his ways are marvelous. Delight yourself in his redemptive history. I've been going back through the Old Testament and the New Testament. I asked the Lord... I really want to take a slow walk through the Old Testament story and I don't want to presume I have all the facts down. I don't want to presume that I just know because I read it five, six, nine, 20,000 times. I want to go back through and I want to walk slowly with you and I want to listen. I want to look for the fine points. And I've gotten into Deuteronomy this week and I've just been blown away. And I was talking to some friends. Oh, I'm in Deuteronomy too. Did you read chapter six? I was like, you know, right? Chapter six? Well, it says this in chapter 12. God says, and you shall rejoice before the Lord. What's that look like in your life? What's that look like in your life? (laughs) What's that look like in your life? You will rejoice before the Lord your God. You and your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, you will rejoice before the Lord. How about another reason to delight? Delight in the one who delights in you. Who delights in you. My son sent me videos yesterday of the kids out in the snow. I'll never get over that. I'll never get over Graham being Graham. I'll never get over Juju being Juju. I'll never get over, how many do I have now? Phoebe's the newest, right? I'm at a coffee shop the other day with a missionary from Chile and here comes Phoebe in. She's only a couple weeks old, not to get coffee, but she was with her mom. And I just thought, I just lost my mind in front of everybody. Phoebe, weeby! And down I went. (laughs) But God delights in us. Delight in the one who delights in you. Delight yourself in the Lord. He's my life. Delight in the invite to, that he has given you and me, to serve his awesome plan. God has an awesome plan for the world, and God has an awesome plan that plugs me into the awesome plan. And have you forgotten that? Don't forget that. Don't forget it. Delight yourself in the awesome redemptive plan that God's plugged you into. I feel like I'm gonna shout my own preaching here in a minute. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself, he's my life's true joy, is he not? He's my life's true joy. And he gives my heart what it truly longs for. Some of the best things that are going on in my heart are things that God has put in my heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. And it talks about the prosperity. This chapter, this psalm, if you read through it, Point after point, there's all this stuff about God prospering his people. Here's a few, verse 11. The humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. And you're like, when? Here's the answer, in a little while. When's that? Because right now, uh, uh Verses 18 and 19, the Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil, and in the days of famine, they will have an abundance. When's that? In a little while. I have been young, and now I am old, and I've not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread, and his descendants will be a blessing. Here's another one. The Lord loves justice. This is all in that chapter. And does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever. God delights in you. If you're humble before him, if you're delighting in him, if you're flipping the toxicity away from yourself, if you're bringing your heart to him in trust, even though it's not perfect, he's on it, he's focused on you, and The writer says, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's not about granting every wish you have. It's better than that. Because some things I wished for when I was 18, I'm thankful that God didn't let me get them. I'm thankful that God is not like a magic lamp that when you rub it, the genie pops out and then you wish you could stuff the genie back in the lamp. No, no. He loves us too much to give us what we think we need. And he loves us enough to tell us no because he has something better. You know what he has? The desires of your heart. God wants to grant me his heart in my heart because the desires of my heart, when they're his heart, you talk about marvelous, wondrous, awesome things. He goes on to say, the steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. When he touches your heart to cause your feet to move in his way, God is looking, saying, this boy right here, he has no idea what he's in for. That's a good thing. Have you ever said that in a bad way? You look at somebody's life and you go, man, they have no idea what, payday is going to be rough for them. Opposite. Opposite, delight yourself in the Lord, gives and the steps of a good man, he established, God establishes those steps. God establishes those steps, and God is saying, I'm delighting in this because I know, just like you know, when you have something for your kid, your grandkid, you've invested, you can't wait, you can't wait, you can't wait. God's delighting in your steps because where you're going is where he's gonna be. Come on, somebody. Here's the second attitude. Commit to the Lord. Commit what to the Lord? Your way. Commit, delight your heart in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Now, this is about a connection. Everybody say connection. Connection. This is about a connection. Again, you can take these out of context. Someone can say, Well, you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desire of your heart. What do you desire? Well, I desire 16 boats and four uh, beach houses. Well, just delight in him and presto, bang, there it'll be. That's not what it means. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you desires to be your heart's desires. This one, commit your way to the Lord. Well, what's your way? What's your way? Well, I'm just going this way. I'm just going to give it to God. Well, you might not know that you're in a car that's going to ride right off a cliff. Well, I'm just going to commit my way, give it to God. You're going off, no, 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 no. God said, I didn't, I didn't, change your GPS. I don't want that for you. Commit your way is in context with his way in your heart in the little wiles that don't seem to be happening. In In those times, commit your way to the Lord. Commit it. It's in the context of obeying his will and his word. Commit your way of throwing your heart in in obedience. When you see others prosper, weirdos prospering, wicked prospering, and you're in the waiting room, commit your way means this. It means you roll over on God roll over on God the way of your life when other people are prospering, other things are happening and you're in a waiting room and it seems like all the foolish are having their way in the waiting room and you're sitting there and the doctor's not calling your name. Commit, roll your way over on the Lord. Um, in the early 2000s, we, we, built, we began to build this building. In the 90s, uh, I was green as grass. Our church grew faster than my ability to navigate it, which doesn't say much, Because, um, but we had a lot of numbers. We needed to move. We were over by Livy's, the ice cream place. Plug for them, I should get freak ice cream. Um, anyway, um, so we, you know, with this, And it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that the church family, the members, voted to um, take out a loan for such. The good thing was that we had people in our church who had committed financially over a three-year period above the tithe. Don't worry, I won't talk about tithing today. You won't get nervous. But anyway... Tithe, above the tithe, and that's just for people watching, not you guys. Uh, above, above, above the tithe, uh, three years of a faith promise to, to buffer against that uh, excessive debt. And off we went. Groundbreaking service. Everybody cheering. Everybody rocking and rolling. Here we go. If you build it, they will come. Well, we built it, and a lot of them left. And see here's the difference between a pastor and the people. The pastor has to stay. <laughs> and has to hold the press conferences. How's it going? How's what going? We're not going. So instead of rolling that over on the Lord, I rolled it over on me. And that'll that'll blow your gaskets. That'll, that'll shorten your, your wires. That'll cause your, I have great blood pressure to be something of the past. That will cause you to age fast and quick. And that will shorten the length of your days of your life. I remember saying back then, I don't know when I'm going to die, but if I do, just right on the tombstone, should have lived 10 years longer. That's how you feel when all that stuff goes on. That's my story of that. And I remember, uh, we had a consultant team that coached us through it, coached me through it, and one of the things the guy said is, he said, Tim, the church will never go any farther than your own leadership. The church will go no farther than your level of commitment financially, so you have to go first or God won't bless it. And I was open to that. And so I went to the Lord, and I was like, Lord, you know, I I, I tithe, of course, and, you know, I'm willing to do this or that or the other. So I'm thinking about, and he went, stop. The church had just recently began to allocate a little bit extra money for me to put into a retirement account on a monthly basis. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to take the next three years of that retirement money and throw it into the building fund, along with, above your tithes, another amount of money. I was like, wait, did you say another amount of money? You did, didn't you? Have you ever had God say something to you and you really wish you didn't have, somehow you didn't hear it? And then did you ask him to confirm it, thinking surely you're nuts, and he goes, oh yeah, that's me? And then every time you turn, that's where it is. Well, that's what he said to me. And I remember through about a five-year span with this church flatlining, and we never missed a payment, never missed a payment. The Lord spoke to me in that time when I got very concerned for my own financial status. And he said, Tim, if you take care of my house, I will always take care of yours. If you bless soul winners, I will always bless you. If you, in, in, in the midst of your need, will think of other needs more, I will always meet yours. But always didn't always seem to be happening because God's little wiles are always different than ours. I don't know who I'm talking to about this, but here's what I know, when you're in that, you cannot back off what God's told you to do. You have to, the word for commit here is a word that means to roll a big burden off you and onto something else. So when your head says no, you have to take your heart and throw it to God and trust. And when the burden is too much and you know, hey, like I said, people can leave, but the, I don't know when, I don't know. Uh, at an hour, you think not. We will have no lights, um, I guess. <laughs> Light be that's what God said. Um, so I had, to roll, I had to roll that thing a thousand times over on God. A thousand times. When, our, our greatest financial year here at this church was during the COVID shutdown, financially. Greater than any year when the church was packed, Because a packed church doesn't mean you have packed resources. But during the COVID shutdown was our greatest year of giving, and we paid our building off mortgage, debt-free. You're in a debt-free church right now. And it's because of the God that said in a little while, and that little while was 20 years. And in that little while, anybody I'm preaching to? I don't know who I'm preaching to. Am I preaching to anyone? Anyone. In that little while, in that little while, I learned so many things about the character of God, about people. You know what I learned? Pledge money is as good as monopoly money. In one night, three of our greatest financial pledgers left our church, and I didn't sleep that night, or the next, or the next, because my eyes that quickly got off God, because my eyes, confessedly, and don't lie like it wouldn't be you either, my eyes were happy, my heart was happy when some of those guys were my best pals in the whole church, It's amazing what God can do in a church, and it's amazing what a devil can do in a church. I'll just leave that right there. You're not talking to someone that's been preaching for 30 weeks. I've been preaching for 30 years, and he's faithful. Commit your way to the Lord. Oh, and here's where I was going, and he'll make your righteousness, your right cause. Have you ever had people that you love look at you and say, you're going to lead this church into bankruptcy? Have you ever had that? I have. See, there were people here before you showed up. Commit your way to the Lord and he'll make your righteousness shine like the noonday yes. when 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 up in, st- <clears throat> in a little while in a little while another attitude rest in the lord Rest yourself. Damam is the word. The first three letters in the word damam are D-A-M. Add the A-M to it and you'll still be in the peace of God. Damam. Somebody might get that on the way home. It means to be still. It means to be still. It means to be silent. It means to be in action and speech with a restful spirit. You can't work that up. I can't work that up. We cannot work up these things. We need to have El Shaddai, the breasty one, nourishing our faith because we're going to have to walk through things when even if others are around you, you will still feel like you're all in it by yourself. And so in those moments when the pressure is on so heavily to fix it, to birth an Ishmael, to go plan a new work, where there's 70 million other works in the same town. Because you just gotta do. Man, when I get into the I just gotta, chain me up somewhere. I might be preaching over your head but I'm preaching right to somebody's heart and I don't know who you are but I'm preaching be still and be silent because listen God is listening to our conversation to ourselves to him and to others in the little whiles, God is listening to our conversations we're having with ourselves with him and with others in our Little whiles, rest in the Lord. It means, to Mom. It means to be still, be silent in action and speech. Not meaning we don't work, but our steps are in the Lord's work. And as we're working the Lord's work, we're trusting that God's doing the work, and we're resting in the Lord's work. Boy, if there was a pill for that. Instead of a process, wouldn't we rather have the process? I want to eat sugar, cookies, pie, take the pill, and have it burn right off me. That's the easy way. Or it's not real though, is it? I don't want to be running my mouth in complaints, I don't want to be running my mouth in concerns, I don't want to be running my mouth in condemnations of others in the little whiles, I can, you can, That's why we gotta take the wheelbarrow, fill it up, get that stuff outside of the gate, and flip it. And I'm so thankful for followers and I mean for for faithful followers of the Lord that walk through those valleys with us. And God has big shoulders, and when you're feeling that frustration and you're feeling what you want to say, oh, I just gotta say it, I just gotta say it. Say it to God. Say it to God. Say it to God. Say it to God. I've had God say this to me, but I'm just confessing my stuff today. I've had God say this to me. You know, if you would shut up, I could say the same thing to the person, but they can't hear me for hearing you. Yeah, you're telling me but they're not listening to you. They'll listen to me. You're in the way with your rightness. Damam. Be still. Be silent. When I preach this way, I get very uncomfortable because I feel like God's taking me in to like flip the covers off and stuff. I'm sorry. I'm really not trying to be that. I'm exposing my, this is the walk of faith. This is not presto changer. It's all going to happen on a weekend. This is process. This is from here to Florida. This is the long and winding road. But there are rewards for attitudes and actions that line up with delight yourself, commit your way, Rest in the Lord. Here are the rewards. Delight yourself and he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's in some of those little wiles that you begin to want something more eternal, something more weighty, something more substantial, something that's a treasure that will not rust, that the moth cannot eat and the thief can't steal. Something deeper will be birthed in your soul and give you a desire in your heart that comes from delighting in the Lord. You know, sometimes you can get so unfortunate fire for the Lord while you're waiting for the thing. When you get to the thing, you're glad you have it, but it, it's not your treasure because God's your treasure. God's your treasure. Some of you guys that just got back from Atlanta, there have been other trips that I took with other people from the, to Atlanta from our church in years gone by, and we had great times. We had as much fun on the trip down and back as we had at the, at the event, and sometimes over the years when some of the staff would get a little squirrely with each other, imagine that, imagine that, you know what I would do? I would say, yeah, but that's the guy you rode the go-karts with in, in the, oh yeah, oh yeah, I won't kill him. That's remember when we all went to that restaurant and ate buffalo hamburgers or bur, buffalo? Bur, oh yeah. Remember when we were laughing all the way through uh, Virginia at the Mexican word of the day memes, and we all thought we needed to get saved after? Remember? Oh yeah, that's that guy. There's rewards in the journey that we don't see during the journey that we'll treasure and remember long after the arrival at the place. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you this. One of my favorite dead preachers is the Scottish preacher Alexander McLaren. He said, longings fixed on God fulfill themselves. Rest, here's a reward, and you will inherit the land in a little while. I want to close with this. Prepping and protection. All through these verses, what are there? like four, four verses at the beginning? Tells you all that you should do, but you're not the subject. I'm not the subject. It says, It says, trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Um, The more he is Lord of my life, the more his government's over my life. What he governs, he bears responsibility for. You know what I found out about LOH Church a long time ago? For some mysterious reason known to God, he is jealous for this place. You know why? Because it's not yours. And it's not mine. It's God's. God is jealous for L-O-H. It has something to do with the commitment we've made to raise up generational leaders and children being touched by the gospel and investing financially in them now, not later, now, and in young people now and in young leaders now. It has something. God has a plan for your family here, but for families that God might touch because your family's here. So this is his. It's always been his. I've laid on carpet. I've sucked carpet fibers out as I've prayed and cried and freaked out and did everything else and just said, God, why? I, this, I can't do this. We can't do I, I can't. I don't know what. I don't have a clue what to. But I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. You're going to have to throw me out of here. I'm not giving up. And because this is yours, I don't know what you want. But I'll, Lord, what he governs, he's responsible for. And when I realize he's responsible, I can have peace. This is why you don't go out and try to Ishmael your life, because God doesn't have to claim responsibility for that. Abraham prayed forever, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And the Lord's like, I'll do this, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want Ishmael, buddy. I tell you this, I'll do this for him, do that for him, and he's going to be a wild donkey of a man. Sorry. I can't make him a son of promise. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Bottom, last thing I want to say is this. You know how people say it's about to get real. Have you, like, noticed the world I mean, have you ever seen such strange things? I mean, I've seen people putting stuff about aliens walking around in Miami. What the what? I mean, I'm not saying there is, but I mean, would anything? I'm sorry, what would surprise me? Nothing. But then I think, oh, no. Here's what I want to know. Whatever's about to get real in the United States, oh, and it's about to get real. Have you had your head in the ground? It's about to get real. Here's the most important thing. I can have peace if, if I get real about the lordship of Christ in my life. A person's steps are established by the Lord and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord supports him with his hand. For the Lord loves justice and will not abandon his faithful ones. One of the ways to describe what it means if you've settled the lordship issue is that you're faithful to God. Faithful. They are kept safe forever because the children of the wicked will be destroyed. How'd that get in there? "'The righteous will inherit the land "'and dwell in it permanently. "'The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom. "'His tongue speaks what is just. "'The instruction of his God is in his heart. "'His steps do not falter. "'Regardless of what's about to get real, "'those who are real about lordship "'in every area where Jesus claims lordship.'" Every place where I have allowed myself to get into the lordship of Jesus regarding a thing, I can have peace because he bears the responsibility, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, career choices, whatever. If God called you, if hell shakes, if God called you, he will keep you. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord, their refuge in a time of distress. The Lord helps and delivers them. He will deliver them from the wicked and will save them because they take refuge in him. For how long? Godly faith is proven in the crucible of a waiting room where the unruly and ungodly seem to have the floor Joseph waited 13 years, Abraham 25, Moses 40. But when you're faithful under the lordship of Christ, you're in good company in waiting seasons of life. Andrew Murray talked about in in one of his books uh, this thing that God puts people in called the tight place. What do you what what is the way to think about being in the tight place? Have you ever been in a tight place? Number 1, think this way. God brought me here. It is by his will that I'm in this tight place, and so therefore I will rest. Number 2. He will keep me here in his love and give me grace to behave as his child. Number three, he will make the trial a blessing. And he'll teach me lessons that he intends for me to learn and work in me the grace he means to bestow. Four, (laughs) in his good time, he can bring me out again. How? When? Only he knows. If you're in a tight place, and it's God's tight place, then God's in it with you. God. Joseph's God. Abraham's God. Moses' God. Paul's God. Peter's God. God is in it with you. If you're true to God but you're tired, I invite you, would you stand, please? If you're true to God, but you're tired in the little while, if you feel battered because you can get hard on yourself in what you've thought or what you've said or what you've shared and you wish you wouldn't have, have you ever been squeezed so much that you couldn't keep from coming out what came out? And then you, you love the Lord and then you feel bad about it and you feel condemned about it. If you're in a tight place like that and you feel battered because you it was a hard it was a hard a hard place <laughs> and you've said things, you've thought things and you feel bad about it, here's what you need to know the Lord loves you today. And he knows, but he doesn't condemn you. He knows, and you're filtered in his grace. Because he knows you'll not give in. He knows you continue to settle the lordship question. And he knows you need him. And you know what else you need? You need us. You need us. I'm going to invite you if you're in a tight place and you've just been described by this message, would you consider coming to an altar so that we can pray for you? What I'd also like, if you're going to do that, here's what I would like first. And you don't have to do this, but this would be very helpful. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm in a tight place, I feel like I'm all alone and everybody else has got it going on and I'm the weirdo in the room. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way and then had to preach? Anyway, <laughs> if you've ever been in a tight place, or maybe a recent one, and God's brought you through, just to give some of us hope, Would you maybe hold your hand up for a minute and say, thank you, Lord? Or how about this even better? Would you be willing to come and stand as a testimony in front of us so that when others come to the altar to be prayed for because they're in one, you will have a little bit more empathy grow in your life as I will in mine, and perhaps without saying something weird, something crazy, something out of of whack, but just in a nice, normal, American, Christian, person way, you just smile and stand there with them and believe leave God for them. Would you be willing to do that? I invite you, those of you that God in His grace has helped you through the tight place, come on up here close so we can see you. Come on up here close so we can see you. Look, to God be the glory. You know what this means? You know what this means? This means that what you're going through right now, these people have been through probably similar, maybe exactly the same thing. And they've, God's brought them through a tight place. And look, you know what that means? They make room. There's a lot of people coming. Come on, you got to move up. Hey, you front row, you got to move up. Come on up here and stand. No, you got to move up. Now, look, if you're, if you're somebody and you're in a tight place, look, there's no reason for you to feel like, oh, man, I don't want anybody to know. Look, right. look, here's, here's the thing. We've all been through a lot of the same things. If we'd really get candid about the stuff, we'd be like, wow, it took guts, but that's exactly what I've been through. And that's exactly what I've been through. And that's exactly what I've been through. You know why? Because it's, it's common to all of us. We all fight the same devil. We all live on the same earth. We all go through the same stuff. People are people. I found that out all over the place. People are people, Jesus people, non-Jesus people. We got a lot of the same stuff and we need each other. If you're here today and you're in a tight place, it'd be tight up here. If you haven't already come forward, would you come now? Would you come now? Would you come now? Maybe you already did, I don't know. All right. Guys, gals, look around, look around. These are your brothers and sisters and the, and, the, and the grace of God leads them pretty much every week to come and be in the same house you're in on Sunday morning, sitting under the same words, singing the same songs, praying the same prayers. And here we are. And some of us are gonna pull into Disney under that big banner and we're going to the resort and we're gonna hit the pool by the afternoon. Some of us are excited because we just jumped in the car and we're taking this walk and we're going with God and we're going with God and we got the promises, and we got the vision and it's real. But little do you know that by the time, like I used to do when I would take my little Ford Pinto to college, by the time I got to Hagerstown, The oil was leaking out the bottom. The air conditioning broke. One time I was going to cross the bridge in Zaxonville in a downpour of rain, turned on the windshield wipers and the one in front of me just flew off the bridge. You never know. You never know what's around the next turn. You never know what's up around the bend. You think you're going straight and you're going to go through wild You never know. And that doesn't mean you have less faith. That doesn't mean that God's after you. You know what it means? It just means in every one of our lives, we grow through these times called the tight place. It's all through the Bible. It's all through the Bible, and we need each other. We we need God, but boy, we need each other too. We need God in the person of the people that are walking this walk. God brought us here, not just to reach up there, but to reach out here. And here you are, here we are. And we really do need each other. And I challenge you, you one of the reasons why I break laws and step over the line and get too transparent is because we're not transparent enough. So I'm attempting to let you know you can trust me. But I'm also asking you, to step out and let people know who you are and what you've been through because sometimes the devil lies and says, yeah, but you're different. Yeah, but if they knew that. Yeah, but no, that's a lie. We all go through it. We're all in the tight places. And so let's let the grace of God come up close to one another. I want you, if you would, with join me to thank the Lord for his faithfulness. He's been good to us. He's kept us, he's helped us, and he'll help us again, brother, he'll help us again. You can say, well, I already asked forgiveness. Well, you ask again. The steps of a good person are established by the Lord. Just settle the Lordship question. God, you're stuck with me. I know there are better prayers and there are better payers and there are better walkers. And I don't even know why you want, but here I am. And you're my, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. I trust you. I throw my heart in. I throw it in. Would you do that today again? You say, I've done it a million times. Me too. And here's another million. There's another time. Come on. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here today. And there are a million preachers that could have preached this better than me. But Lord, it's me. It's always been me that you have here. It's always been me. I pray, Lord, the grace of God would just flood through the souls of men and women standing at this altar, that we'd remember and we'd be thankful and we'd believe and we'd rest and we'd commit we'd roll it all over on you, Lord, that we'd dump the toxicity at this altar the pain, the questions, the failures, the, the the false promises made by others to us, that the when it gets back to us of what a brother we trusted said about us, and the devil makes sure we know it, Lord, we want to lay that stuff at the altar. We want to lay that stuff down. We want to clear out a space in our soul so that grace can come to us, and we want to clear out a space in our soul so that we can give grace out, maybe even to the one that hurt us offended us. Maybe even so, Lord, we just say, nobody could possibly need more grace than I do. And I ask you for more of it so I can also give it away. So we're praying, we're praying, we're praying to you and we're praying for one another at this altar. At this altar, I'm gonna ask you if you'd consider just standing around here for a minute while the band leads us in a song. And again, I'm asking you to look around and feel, feel the, 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 that there are people in spaces close to you that probably in a group this size, it's, there could be people that are here for the exact same reason you are. And so, Lord, As we look to you, may may this God moment bond our hearts together. We're going into 24. We're going into 24. And we want to trust in the Lord with all our heart. We want to lean not on our own understanding. We want to commit our way to you. We want to delight in you. And we want to rest in you. And if we're in the little while... We want to go with others who walk in with you. And Lord, fill us, fill this space with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.